Hello, and welcome to the Evie Prince series podcast. My name is Victoria Wright, inspirational writer and author of the Evie Prince series, a trilogy of books that tells the story of a 40-something woman named Evie Prince who experiences a life-altering spiritual awakening. Evie's awakening causes her to question her life and seek answers. As a result, she finds herself in a place that she never thought she would be, single, unemployed, and completely unsure of what to do next. This will not be your usual podcast. In each episode, I will read a chapter, then highlight key reminders that were included to help you, as they have helped me, on your journey of discovery and remembering what you know to be true, but have chosen to forget. To learn more about me in the series, please visit www.healingwords.online. Welcome back to Red, Red, White, a novel of true love and light. Written and narrated by Victoria Wright. Copyright 2021 by Victoria Wright. Today's episode is Chapter 11, Wampum. People were not kidding when they said that the island slowed down in the winter. All the college kids were back at school, shops were shutting down, and the island was getting back to normal. Today was shopping day. I needed to buy some new paints, food, and pick up a few things for Granddad. The trip down island took no time. People knew where they were going. Everyone seemed to smile more and wanted to say hello. Walking out of the market, I ran into Mr. Frank. Hey, Evie. How was your summer? Hi, Mr. Frank. It was busy, but good. Here you built yourself an art studio. (laughs) It surprised me that he knew, but not really. Word travel fast on the island. Yes, I did. It's beautiful. So Steve tells me you'd be interested in teaching painting classes at the high school. I laughed. Well, I told him I would think about it. I hope you do. We're always looking for locals to bring their expertise into the school. We want the kids to know that there are so many paths that they can take. After the holidays would be a great time to come in. If you commit within the next month, we can get you on the schedule. It sounds good, but I've never worked with kids before. I don't know if I could teach them. Huh. If you can inspire Steve, I am sure you will be fine. Can you give me a week to think about it? Sure can. Did Steve do well by you on the road? Huh? What do you mean? Just wanted to make sure he did a good job. Yes, he did a great job. How did you know about the road? I was the one who contracted him to do it. I'm sorry, you did what? I hired Steve to fix your road. But why? I I mean, thank you. But why? Your dad and I were good friends, and he asked that I look out for you. Oh, you mean my granddad, Adequin Brown? No. 
I mean your father, Paul Brown. I stopped dead in my tracks and my heart dropped. You knew my father? Why didn't you tell me? He asked that I didn't. After your mother died, he made me promise to look out for you at the high school and... And what? How is it I'm the last person to know my own flesh and blood? <sighs> I'm sorry, Mr. Frank, but when will this end? Is there anything else I should know? He loved you deeply, and he was sorry that he could not be the father that he knew you needed. Sorry to ask this, but did he love my mother, or was I an oops baby? Wow. Yes, he loved your mother deeply. He tried to be a husband and father, but... Demons? Yes, he had too many demons that he just couldn't escape from. He regularly asked how you were doing in school. He was so proud of you. This is a lot for me to handle right now, Mr. Frank, and I don't know if I'm in the right place to manage it. So I'm going to leave, but I hope that in time, when I'm ready, you will tell me more about my father. Of course, I apologize, Evie, for springing this on you like that. Once I heard you knew Adequin was your grandfather, I just assumed. Don't, don't apologize. Thank you, Mr. Frank, for your generosity and for watching out for me back when I was in school. You really were my only friend. When I got back up island, I dropped my stuff at the house and headed right over to Granddad's. Come on in. Got your stuff. Thanks. Was it busy down island? No, not bad at all. But I ran into Mr. Frank, my old math teacher from high school. I paused to see if Granddad showed any reaction. Nothing. Guess what? I said. What? Mr. Frank was the person who paid to have the road fixed. Why would he do that? He said he was a good friend of Dad's and that he promised to look out for me. That is also why he was so nice to me in high school. Hmm. Let me see something. Granddad went into his bedroom, then brought out an old high school yearbook flipping through the pages. Here he is, Bill Frank. He handed me the book. It was hard to tell, but I could see that it was Mr. Frank under all that hair. He wrote something to Dad. Remember, I got your back, always. Short, but I remember Bill was on the quiet side. Do you remember them hanging out much? Not that I remember, but your father was always going down island. People never come up island unless they live here or wanted to look at the cliffs. Well, you had a hell of a day so far. I nodded in agreement. Tell me about it. When you're ready, look in the trunk. There you should find a small silk pouch. That was from your father. I just looked at Granddad. Seriously? I don't know how much more I can take. You said you wanted to know. And I do. When you're ready. 
I got up and headed back to my house, mind swirling, still so much for me to learn. I crashed on the couch, exhausted from all the emotions of the day, and fell asleep. Two hours later, I woke to a sharp pain in my foot. I didn't know what bit me, but my foot was swelling up. Hello? Granddad, something bit me, and my foot is swelling up. Do you have any Benadryl? Sorry, kid, I don't. Let me call over to the firehouse to see if anyone is over there. They would have something. Less than 15 minutes, I heard a truck coming up the road. It was Steve with his EMT kit. Bang, bang. Evie, you there? Yep, I'm here on the couch. Come on in. Holy shit, would you look at that? What bit you? I have no idea. I fell asleep on the couch and I woke up to a sharp pain in my foot. Then it just started blowing up. Are you allergic to anything? Not that I know of. Okay, take some of this antihistamine. Hopefully this will help. Steve sat with me until the swelling went down. Guess who I saw down island today, I asked. Who? Mr. Frank from the high school. Really? Yes, and he told me. <sighs> okay, good. I'm not very good at lying. Seems like my life is still filled with so many secrets. Evie, don't think you're the only one. Everyone has secrets. That's why I started drinking, trying to hide from secrets. At least you're dealing with these things. If not, you could be in a lot of worse places. My foot finally went back to normal size, and we could see the spot where I'd been bitten. I would say if your foot swells again, or if you don't feel well tomorrow, you should probably go down to the emergency room. Thanks, Steve. I appreciate the help. Of course. So, are you going to teach the art class? I really think you should. I told him to give me a week to decide. All right. Give a call if you need anything. Will do, and thanks. I need you flashed across my phone screen. I put my brush down and called Hendrick. What's up? Is Asia okay? I don't know. Her mother is not returning my phone calls. I don't know what to do. Breathe is what you need to do. When was the last time you spoke with her? Uh, a couple of days ago. We were planning for me to take Asia for an overnight to give her mother a break. Then, when I called to solidify the plans, she didn't answer the phone. I called multiple times, leaving messages, but nothing. Do you know her family? Can you reach out to them to see if everything is okay? I did, but they haven't heard from her either. Evie, I can't lose Asia. Hendrick, close your eyes and breathe. Inhale peace and exhale anxiety. Keep on breathing. I could feel his energy become less frantic. Now that you are calm, ask your higher self what you should do. We sat in silence for a few minutes. I'm guided to call her again, but this time to let her know that I know she's scared that I'm not trying to take Asia away from her, and that I'm here for her, 
Good. That is really good. Looking at the situation through the eyes of love. Hendrick chuckled. <laughs> oh, how the roles have changed. Once upon a time, I said that to you. And now, you're reminding me. I told you I'm here for you. Call me any time, if for nothing else but to sit on the phone together. I love you, Evie Prince. And I love you, Hendrik Talisman. After we hung up, I sat in my studio daydreaming of what it would have been like to have my father in my life and how lucky Asia was to have a father like Hendrik. A wave of emotion overcame me, and I realized for the first time how hard it must have been for him to be out of my life, to watch me from afar, and to make the conscious decision to never let me know who he was. I cleaned up my paints, went back into the house, and grabbed the trunk key from the windowsill. When I opened the trunk, I had one purpose, to find the silk pouch. Normally, I was overly cautious when I looked through the trunk. This time, I pulled everything out, needing to find that silk pouch. Finally, in a small bundle of baby clothes, I found it. The pouch was a small, yellow, embroidered bag with a snap closure. I opened it carefully, then pulled out a tiny wampum bracelet. It was beautiful. I held it in my hand and cried. I cried for the love that I felt in that bracelet. Cried for not knowing my father. Cried for the sacrifice that he had made for me. Granddad, I want to know everything about my father. I see you found the bracelet that he made you. Yes, and it is beautiful. He took a deep breath. Well, for me to tell you about your father... I need to tell you about this side of your family. We are the people of the First Light and have inhabited this area for 10,000 years. Our tribe was brought to this land by a great being named Mashup. Tired from his travels, Mashup dragged his toe across the land, creating a small channel that separated this area from the mainland. The channel filled with water and grew larger with the ocean tides creating this island, Martha's Vineyard, or, in our language, Nopi. We were the first inhabitants of this island, and many of us continued to live here. In the beginning, we lived all over the island. We had three bands of our tribe that called this island home. We traded with the people from the far north. They were peaceful, and they always returned to their home. When the pilgrims came, they did not leave, causing our people and our sister tribes throughout New England great harm. They brought disease and a belief system that classified us as savages. We were killed or captured and made into slaves. It was genocide, plain and simple. Throughout history, we suffered. For some, they could not overcome that trauma, always considered a lesser being having our land and traditions desecrated, being told we are being honored, when in reality, we are being denigrated. Asked to fight in wars to this land that we inhabited before anyone else. But when we return home, 
not being acknowledged for our sacrifice. I tell you these things because these are the demons that your father carried with him. He could not find joy in his time on this earth, feeling the pain of our ancestors. He watched and experienced the discrimination and humiliation. But this was not his path. He was filled with anger and punished himself every day for not being able to live as they expected him in this world. Your mother saw his light, felt his struggles, but she knew he was not meant for this world. When you were born, he felt genuine joy for the first time. He saw himself in your eyes. This made him proud but it also frightened him. Randed hung his head, holding back the tears. Your father tried his best, but he knew he was not meant to be in your life. He watched over you the best he could and asked others to do the same when he knew he could not. As Grandad softly sobbed, I took his hand and held it. I miss my boy every day. He was a part of me, but I feel him often, and he longs for you to be open to him so that you may feel his energy as well. Granddad, I did. I felt his love when I held the bracelet. It was so powerful. His energy is powerful. He is your protector. He has always been. It will always be there for you. Before I left, I gave Grandad a huge hug, and for the first time, he felt frail in my arms. If he were not the man that he was, I believed my father's passing would have killed him. No wonder Grandad has helped so many, pouring the love and energy that he had for his son into those who he knew he could help. I slipped back through the bushes and headed straight for the studio. I had so much loving energy pumping through me, and I needed to capture it on canvas. My bracelet served as inspiration. The surge of love that I experienced when I held it. The perfect beads made from shell. White transforming into light purple, then to deep, dark purple. The love that I felt for a man who I never knew. Purple, beautiful shades of purple express this love on the canvas. Purple to represent the significance of the wampum, but also the crown chakra, the spiritual connection to the divine and to my father. When it was completed, I felt like it had opened a new door within me. I could feel the energy around me like I'd never felt before. My head tangled, goosebumps on my arms, a hum in the air. I was fully present, if only for a moment. I was perfectly in the now. This one was for Grandad, to remind him of the love and energy that his son, Paul Brown, gave to him every moment of every day. Reminder, when you are confused and don't know which way to go, calm your mind. Ask your higher self what you should do, and then listen. You will hear the answer.